0: Well, today I want to welcome all of those who are only here on, in person, but all those watching online today. Can we give a big hand to all those watching online as well who welcome you to Destiny Church? There's one thing today to, to watch online, but I'm telling you, when you're in person, it's a whole nother level that God is experiencing in person. We invite you to come and find out for yourself, experience for yourself what Jesus can do. Let me ask you a question. Do you really believe in the resurrection? I can't answer that for you. You've got to answer that for yourself. Do you really, really, really believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead? If that answer is yes, then your life should be lived at a transformation purpose. It should drive you as a believer. It should move you to sell out, to surrender everything you got to Jesus. If you really believe that, See, there comes a time in our life that every one of us must decide, do we really believe or are we just coming out of religious tradition? Are we just here because it's Easter and my family always went to church on Easter? That's great. I'm glad you're here. But it's more than about attending an Easter service. It's about a lifestyle that he is calling you and I out of our grave. He's calling you and I out of our sin to a life of transformation to a life of purpose. And when you understand this, listen, there's no other event in the history of time that is so critical to the believer than the resurrection. Let's go right to our text today in 1 Corinthians 15. Let's read verses 12 through 20. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. And we the apostles would be lying about God. But we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised and if Christ has not been raised then your faith is useless and you're still found guilty of your sins in that case all who have died believing in Christ they're all lost and if our hope in Christ is only for this life then we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world but in fact come on say the fact is but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest for all who have died. Today, this becomes the event that we center our life around, the resurrection. If you're a believer today, if the resurrection didn't happen, then we're just here doing a religious duty. We're just here coming to a religious country club. We're just coming and wasting our time. I'm wasting my breath. You're wasting your time. But if the resurrection indeed did happen, then it demands a response. You can't ignore it. It didn't go away with the Easter bunny today. It demands a response. Do you believe that Jesus was resurrected? I can't answer that for you. You have to answer that for yourself. It becomes a place of the resurrection. Write this down. The resurrection matters because it proves your faith is not in vain. See, when the resurrection happens, it proves my faith is not in vain. It builds my faith knowing that everything Jesus said he would do, he is doing and has done. And when he proclaimed that I would be crucified and I would be buried, but on the third day I would rise again When he predicted that and did it, then it validated every promise, it validated every statement, it validated everything he said that my sins are forgiven, that there is a new covenant and that his blood would wash away my sins and if I go away, I'm going to come again to bring it unto myself. I'm telling you when the resurrection happened, it set into stone. My faith is solid now. I don't have to doubt But I live in building my faith. My faith is alive because Jesus is alive. If Jesus was dead, my faith would be dead. But I serve a living God. I serve a God who was raised from the dead. He is alive, alive indeed. And my faith, therefore, is alive. If your faith is not alive, do you really believe that the resurrection happened? I don't know. You have to answer that. See, the resurrection should always remind me of three words. God is able. The resurrection reminds me of those three words, that God is able. Through every difficult season, God is able. No matter how long it takes, God is able. No matter how bad I feel, God is able. No matter who says it's impossible, God is able. Because of the resurrection, I can stand on those three words. God is able to do more than I could ever dream or imagine today. God is able because of the resurrection. If Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then I must believe God is able to work all things together for good. I believe that. Why? Because of the resurrection. I'm not just guessing will he keep his word. He's already validated his word. He's already proven his word. And every promise he says to you and I, we can live with faith that's alive, hope that's alive because of the resurrection. And number two, it proves that your fears are not valid. Your fears are not valid. Listen, if I believe that he resurrected from the dead, then why do I live in fear? Why do I live in fear? Because he has resurrected from the dead. How can I believe in the resurrection and then live my life in fear and live my life as a wimpy Christian, live my life as a weak Christian if I really believe in the resurrection? No, just the opposite. If I truly believe in the resurrection, it should radically change my life. It should change the way I live my life. It should change the purpose of my life. It should change the destiny of what I live for. Because of the resurrection, I understand. Because of the resurrection, I shouldn't have operation of fear. What do I fear? My Savior has already proven. He's got control. He's in control in the grave, and he's in control in the garden. Why should I live in fear if I truly believe the resurrection? Paul was teaching us that because of the resurrection, that death has been defeated. That's what Paul was trying to teach us, that death has been defeated. So whenever you see death, don't think that God's not in control. That's what the enemy wants to come to you. Hey, so-and-so died. Your loved one died. God God doesn't care about you God's not in control that's just a lie from the enemy because we know beyond a shadow of the doubt the cause of the resurrection that he controls death, hell and the grave does God have to prove himself let me ask you that question does God have to prove himself again think about that I think some of us think he does you know, I'm reminded of the story. I love I love this this fight because it's considered one of the greatest fights ever. I was just two years old and I, I didn't I didn't watch the slides like some of you people out there. I won't name any names. But anyway. In nineteen seventy-three, it's considered one of the greatest fights of all time. Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman. And this was a great fight because Ali was the former champion. He had lost his belt. Foreman was the gold medalist who came out of the Olympics and had won the heavyweight championship. And he was considered the strongest pound-for-pound puncher of his era. He He was a knockout king. He was strong. He was mean. Yeah, that guy. Long before he was flipping hamburgers and selling grills, George Foreman was a beast. I mean, this boy was strong, and people feared his punches. Say, they told Ali, they're like, man, you're crazy to get in the ring. You're past your prime. This kid is young. He's going to hurt you. Ali said, I-, I got a plan. Don't worry. And so it happened on ABC Sports that Howard Cosell said this, welcome to the rumble in the jungle. Welcome to the rumble in the jungle. Those are laughing. They're really old. Those of you like, why is he talking that way? It's a long story, okay? We grew up watching ABC, Wild the world's voice, Howard Crusell. Anyway, Howard's calling this, and it was a great fight. Except for Foreman was killing Ali. Ali was leaning against the ropes. Ali wasn't fighting. And anytime he had a chance, he would lean on Foreman. And make foreman carry him up and then he lean against the ropes and then he fall back on foreman and this whole fight foreman's had to hold up his own way and he's slugging away at the former champion just beating him left right left right you know and Ali's there and, and the whole time the fight's going on he's not fighting back and howard said he is past his prime he's already past his prime that former champion is this disgrace of his former self why he doesn't even belong in the ring with the new champion and so this is going on but what they didn't understand was this ali was not really tired ali wasn't really dead he was just playing dead and when round eight came around and foreman had gotten tired and been punching the whole eight rounds all of a sudden Ali began to dance a little bit, and he's like, boom, 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 knocked him down four times, and they called the fight off, one of the greatest upsets and victories in boxing history, and then they asked Ali, they said, why did you never give Foreman a rematch? That's what they said, because every other time you see when a champion loses, he always got a rematch, but he never got a rematch, and it was called the rope-a-dope, remember that? It was called the Rope-a-Dope. And they said, why didn't you give Foreman a rematch? And this is what he said, word for word. He goes, when you beat someone so bad? He goes, I don't ever have to fight him again. Let me tell you something. Our Savior was not dead. He was just playing dead. He was letting the enemy take his shot. He was letting the enemy take his best shot. But on the third day, he began to dance again. On the third day, he began to punch. And I'm here to tell you, we serve the people's champion today. He is undefeated. He's never lost a battle. He's never lost a fight. I don't know about that. I'm telling you, the Bible says he was defeated in the heavenlies a father defeated him, kicked him out of heaven he felt like lightning down to the earth and just for good measure he sent his son to take care of the rematch (laughs) and he was defeated both times see if Christ is not risen then my debt hasn't been paid if Christ is not risen then our Messiah was a fake and a liar But because Christ rose from the grave, my sins are forgiven because of the cross. I am a new creation because of what Jesus did in my life. We have evidence of the resurrection. It's just not something written by a man in the woods somewhere saying, I had this this theory. No, no. We have eyewitness accounts of the resurrection. Strong eyewitness accounts in the book Lee Strobel, The Case of Christ, he wrote the story that he said if every eyewitness who saw Jesus Christ risen after he was buried, if we gave them a trial and we called every one of those witnesses to testify before the jury, and they started testifying and we gave them 15 minutes of peace to testify what they saw, they would start testifying on Monday morning very early. And if we went around the clock for 24 hours a day, testimony would keep going day after day after day and would not finish up until late Friday evening. How many know that's a strong eyewitness evidence right there? It shows us this. See, there's three facts about the resurrection I want you to understand. Number one, we had the key fact of the empty tomb. We had the empty tomb. The Bible says that on that morning that Mary went to the tomb the stone was rolled away, and she went in, and she began to weep because she couldn't find Jesus. And she was weeping, and the angels asked her, "Why, why do you, why do you cry?" And they said, "Hey, you took my Lord away. Where is he?" And then finally, her eyes were open, and she didn't realize she was seeing Jesus resurrected. She ran out, and she went and told two more disciples, "Come and see." And they, they ran, and they they looked in, they saw the same thing, and they went and told others. I don't believe that, Pastor. What a what if somebody stole his body? Well, what you got to understand is that Jesus had already predicted that he was going to be rise up on the third day. And so they wanted to disprove him so much, not only did they crucify him and tried to kill him, but they set out guards to guard the tomb to make sure that nobody stole the body. Because if he resurrected, then everything they were doing was in vain. So the fact that the guards were there and they were guarding the tomb and the stone still rolled away and jesus was not there i'm telling you the tomb was empty the tomb was empty number two the resurrection appearances we see 10 times 10 times that jesus appeared to groups of people at least 10 times after his resurrection before he ascended to heaven 10 different times he he appeared to over 500 people had eyewitness accounts that they seen Jesus after his resurrection and the biggest in my opinion the biggest testimony of the resurrection being fact is the total transformation by the disciples remember during his crucifixion they were all in hiding they were all fearful they're gonna crucify me if I'm identified with Jesus if I even say I'm a disciple they're gonna kill me and so they all went in hiding When he's being beaten, when he's being mocked, when he's being crucified, they're all in hiding. Only one person had the courage to to kind of stick around, and that was Peter. And they said, hey, aren't you with him? And he began to use vulgar language saying, I don't know this guy, you're crazy. I don't know this guy. He denied him three times. So they go from hiding, fearing for their lives, but all of a sudden now all these guys, all these followers are now willing to give their life for the cause of Christ, something had to happen. I mean, they went from one day in hiding to the next day proclaiming the good news that Jesus is alive, willing to give their life, willing to be crucified if necessary, willing to be beaten if necessary, willing to give their life if necessary. What changed? They seen an eyewitness account of the risen Savior. It's the only thing that would have transformed their life in the radical transformation revelations 118 look what it says I am the living one I died but look I am alive forever and ever and just so you know this I hold the keys to death and the grave he holds the keys to death and the grave see you got to understand it God's in control in the graveyard as well as the garden. God, where are you? I feel like my life's in a dead end. I feel like I'm in a rut. I feel like I'm in a place of no one carried. I feel like I'm in a place of darkness. I feel like I'm in a place buried under the weight of life's pressure. Where are you? He's in control. That's where he's at. And if you will submit and surrender your life to Jesus. He will take that burden and he will flip it around. He'll give you life. He'll give you purpose. He'll bring resurrection power to your life and what used to be fear now becomes promise. God brings a hope. He changes our life around. What we see as a grave. See, God sees as a garden. Uh, that's Finale. No, it ain't finale because God is in control of the grave. He doesn't have to prove it again. He's already proved it. He's already resurrected proving this. You know, Galatians 3.29 says that we are the seeds of Abraham. Now somebody please tell me what happens to seeds. What do you do with seeds? You bury them, Right? Have you ever worked a garden before? Have you ever smelt somebody who's worked a garden before? How many know that when you fertilize a garden, it don't smell good at all, does it? It it stinks, and then it goes from stinking to stanketh. If you're like, oh, it's bad. It stinks up the neighborhood, especially when a downwind comes. You're like, oh, that stinks, man. Some of your lives are like that way right now. It stinks. It stinks. It feels like things have been piled on top of you that you don't want. But I'm telling you, when you surrender your life to Jesus, he could take that seed of your life and he could resurrect it over and above anything you could ever dream. Nothing is final when God's in control. He's got resurrection power. That's where our hope is at. This week, many of you, I'm so sure you saw, as well as I did, some weak, wimpy rapper decided he was going to come out with a shoe dedicated to Satan. And in the shoes, he says this, that every shoe has a real drop of human blood. They wrote 666, and they're selling these, and they've dedicated them to Satan. And I sit back, and I just... other people are going crazy and I just laugh. You don't want to know why? Because there is zero power in that shoe. Are you hearing me? There is zero power in that one drop of human blood. is all it's going to do is stain that shoe and make it worth no more money. But let me tell you something. One drop of the champion's blood. One drop of Jesus' blood erases my sins. One drop of Jesus' blood can redeem my life. One drop of Jesus' blood can change my life forever. See, I serve a champion. I serve one who is undefeated and everything he said he would do he has done. Everything he said he would do he is doing. He has followed through and on resurrection Sunday I look and I remember that he said he would rise again and when he rose again it validated Every promise he ever made to you and I. So what's that, my response? My response is this. Total transformation. Total sellout. It should be my number one focus that I live my life for. I quit living my life for my own. And I said, God, my life belongs to you. I quit living in my own sin. And I said, God, I I pursue your holiness. God, I pursue your, your approval over the crowd's approval. God, it it transforms my life. The resurrection, if I really believe it, I can't remain the same. It demands a response from my life. What is your response today? Let me ask you about your heads. I want to ask you a question. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, it's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus. Today's my day to surrender to Jesus Christ. The Bible says I must believe that he died on the cross. I must believe that he rose on the third day. But it's not enough just to believe. I must confess it with my mouth. Believe in my heart. And nobody's looking but me. And we're not going to do anything to single you out and embarrass you. But today, if you're here to say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. And today, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Today's your day. Raise your hand right now where I can see it. Let me see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Raise a high. I bet you raise your hand. Thank you. I see those hands. Thanks, guys. Anybody else? Come on now. Today's your day. Don't leave. Today's your day. God has you in the house to hear a resurrection message so that your life is resurrected. That you have a new hope. You have a new home. You have a new savior. You have a new purpose. If you haven't raised your hand yet, I'm going to give you one last chance. Raise it right now. Say, Pastor, I'm ready. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. We're going to say this prayer again. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer after me. As Christians around you, we'll help you say it as well. Say, Dear Jesus, Give me my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah. God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I believe in the resurrection. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. You pray, Dad, and you Mint that from your heart. We say, Come on, welcome to the family. God, come on, put your hand together. Now listen. This is why we're here. And it's more than just praying a prayer. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're gonna show back up next week. You're gonna show back up at your local church next week and say, God, I want to know more. I want to know more about the resurrection power. I want to know more about the gospel. I want to transform my life. That's when I know it's taken because I, I want to live. It demands a response differently. Today. There's other people here, you're believers, but you haven't allowed the resurrection power to come alive. And my heart's prayer today is that you allow this resurrection power to come alive in your heart again today. And the grave you're living in right now, the life without purpose, the life without meaning, the life just going through the motions day after day. No, there's more to it. God's got more than just going through the motions. Destiny for your life. He's got a purpose for your life, and He wants to take every grave, turn it around, or garden for our life.
1: It was Friday afternoon, and Jesus is dead. His brutalized body hanging without life on a cross dropped into a hole in the dirt. His executioners had dug the holes, prepared the place, and done their job with ruthless efficiency. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. The hope of mankind overcome by powers of hell, by the shadow of a grave. We once knew what it was like to rule and reign on the earth. We were made to live in the light, in relationship, in purpose. We were made for more than what we've come to accept as normal. Ever since the garden, Satan and his kingdom have been tightening their grip. Darkness has ruled evil, chaos, suffering, hopelessness. We've been enslaved and crippled by the holes the enemy has been digging for us to. Instead of killing the Messiah, the cross became a catalyst for salvation. The hole that was dug to hold an instrument of shame and death was instead filled with an instrument to bring healing and new life. That's the way God is. Nothing is impossible with Him. He's always restoring, always renewing, always able to take what was meant for evil and turn it for good, to take our graves and turn them into gardens. Why? because he never gave up on his plan. He has never given up on us. He knows what we don't, that you can't have resurrection life without death, Jesus. He died so we can have lives of purpose and power over the grave. He is not dead. He is alive. And because he lives, we can live again.
2: Come on church, make that your testimony today. Turn more
0: of your grave. Come alive this resurrection Sunday. Know that you have a purpose for your life. Let me pray with you before you leave today. Father, I thank you. That God you called us out of that grave through the resurrection power of our Savior. And today, may we be alive. Today, may we our lives be transformed as we remember the cross and we remember the resurrection and we realize that same power is alive in us. Today, resurrection power in Jesus name come on one more time you got a hand clap we love you thank you so much for being here happy Easter God bless you